Honey Hush is a podcast by a Southern businesswoman who knows a thing or two about using honey to attract the bees. Every week, Elizabeth will discuss up-and-coming and established leaders alike how to win influence with one simple strategy, kindness. Whether you're a successful entrepreneur or still in the dream phase, Honey Hush will teach you that the sweeter the honey, the more bees you'll attract. Community is always more fun than competition. I'm dying to know, who took that purposeful pause with me over the holidays? Gosh, didn't it feel so good? It's amazing how clear things become when you make space to process them. There's obviously purpose in the rush and the urgent, but there's also so much value in rest and reflection. And I have to say, this Christmas break really was a real break from my normal reality. And by break, I mean it in the most literal terms. So many things were broken over the holidays. Many traditions that we do did not happen. (laughs) My rule about only three presents per kid, totally blown out of the water. Relationships found new boundaries. Even my businesses are getting a demolition remodeling. One thing that remained true, though, was the fact that I had many avenues to process each decision along the way. Maybe it's an Enneagram 8 thing to do, but even though I'm introverted by energy standards, meaning I gain my energy by being alone, I crave the processing that only happens with real live people. The word I often find myself using is community. But first, let's define community because I don't want you to confuse it into thinking that I'm talking about one thing when really I'm referring to another. Because the definition that I'm referring to today and how I apply it might be revolutionary for you. Welcome back to Honey Hush, and welcome to 2021, where today we happen to be on episode eight of season two. It really feels refreshing to be in routine again. We're showing up here each week as a part of my schedule. Here in Mississippi today, it's very unusual weather. It's cold, it's wet, dreary. So all I can think about is the potential for building a snowman later. Probably not going to happen, but it sure looks that way from the view of my living room window. However, I'm very content to stay right here next to the fire that I just built in the fireplace. So you might be hearing the popping of those logs from time to time over the course of this episode. Today, though, we're going to be talking about a buzzword, community. If not one other thing, 2020 taught me that community is everything. It's the number one thing that I look back on and can say with confidence that it was my physical anchor. Thanks to a quick little Google search, a community can be defined as a group of people living together, like say in a town. Those can be broken down into urban, suburban, rural communities. We've heard that term, right? But I'm not talking about that here. It can also be defined biologically as a group of species that can interact, but I'm also not talking about gender specific clubs. Similar words that are sometimes used instead are neighborhood, group, state, church, society, center. You get the point. Today, I'm referring to the definition of community that involves the feeling of vulnerable fellowship as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, or goals without the attachment of financial benefit or manipulation of hierarchy. Thank you, Webster's Dictionary. (laughs) But the reason that I mention those two, the finances and the hierarchy, is because I know so many of us that work in environments that we love, for bosses that we love, We spend eight hours of day with those people, so there's no doubt that friendships and alliances are going to be formed. But sometimes when there's money or decisions to be made, the confusion of community can become convoluted if the waters of relationships become muddy. 
business and the type of community that I'm talking about today are outside of each other. I just wanted to make that clarification. I do hope that you enjoy where you work and who you work for, but at the end of the day, I hope that you value the relationships found in the business over the business itself. And in a perfect world, the relationships you find in your workplace actually bring about a community outside of business. I'm talking about things like, you know, who's going to be at your kids' birthday parties? Who will attend your parents' funeral? Heck, who's going to attend your funeral? Who do you call when you run out of gas? Who brings you dinner when you're sick? Or even as far as who tells you when your butt looks big in those jeans? Deeper still, who tells you when you're wrong or when there's an area in your life that needs adjustment? After doing a lot of reading, listening, and analyzing, I've come to realize that the kind of community that I crave is not a group of people who will just tell me things that I want to hear just to keep me around. Those are a dime a dozen, y'all. You can easily find people who will agree with you. I crave relationships that get into the muck of life with me without any attachments or any expectations of perfection, realizing that I'm there for them in the exact same way. One major thing I can thank this COVID season for is the forced use of Zoom and Marco Polo. All of a sudden, everyone became inaccessible. Not just our friends that live on the other side of the country, but our next door neighbors were also off limits. If we wanted to see our friends' faces and not just hear their voices or read their text, we had to use a video technology. So by using new communication tools, everyone in our entire friend group became our next door neighbors. Online family nights became a thing with other families. Zoom wine parties with your old college roommates became a thing. Daily Marco Polo chats became a thing. And for this, I will always count 2020 as a win. But why do we choose to go back to the same communities over and over again? And I'm not even going to really attempt to knock on the door of the difference in healthy or unhealthy community groups. So for the point of today's episode, I'm going to assume you know what groups are positive influences in your life versus which groups suck the life out of you. My prayer and hope is that you do not keep returning to a community of people that use or abuse you in any way. But I do want to recognize that some of us do return to certain communities because they're comfortable, not necessarily safe or beneficial. Codependency is also another topic for another day as well, but I just need for you to realize that you are incredible and you deserve to be with people that bring out your best and spur you to accomplish the goals in your heart and not just stay in those convenient groups that may have served you in the past. Some healthy reasons we return to certain groups may possibly be, you know, you share common interests. You have a a similar passion. Maybe it's the women that you volunteer with together. Um, Maybe you've got a group of people that come together because of an action. You bring about change together. Maybe it is the group that you work out with at your gym. Uh, Maybe it's because of the place that you find yourself in, your geographic boundaries. Maybe it's that neighborhood squad of people that get together for, you know, game night or whatever. Maybe it's a practice that you are a part of. You undertake some similar activities, like maybe it's the moms at your child's dance studio. And then another um, reason sometimes we return back to the same group is the circumstance we find ourselves in. An event of some sort brought you together, time and place. Maybe it's that group that you met at an out-of-town conference. 
I personally look forward to certain things and certain groups because I know I'm only going to see certain people there that I don't get to see otherwise. And what's really cool is when you allow those reasons, you see one another, whether it's a shared interest, action, place, practice, or circumstance. You use that to take you deeper and not just remain on the surface of that initial common ground. Sure, you may have connected with a new friend while your kids were playing together at the local park, or maybe you just kept running into that one person during Zumba each week. But is it possible that there is more waiting for that relationship than than just swing sets and great dance moves? I mean, could that new person or that new friend be a link to another group of people that would serve as a community to you in this next new year? Why am I even talking about this today? I can only speak for myself when I say that without my multiple and various communities, I do not think that I would be looking at 2020 as the gift that I do see it as now. As a leader that wants to be led by greater leaders, I got into my own head more than once during quarantine and questioned just about every decision I had ever made. Anyone else did that a few times over quarantine (laughs) or am I the only one? I was not the person that just stayed up and watched all the top Netflix series. I was a person thinking that we may never get this opportunity ever again, and I wanted to use it wisely before it all went away and things were turned back to normal. The flip side of this pseudo-idealistic approach is that I spent a lot of time overanalyzing things, creating plans and strategies for when the pandemic finally was over. I just finished listening to a podcast by an accomplished leader that maybe you guys know, Andy Stanley, where he's talking about how good leaders always surround themselves with better leaders. This particular podcast was sent to me by an Enneagram 7 mentor that I consult with weekly. Myself, as an Enneagram 8, listening to this Enneagram 1 leader on the podcast speak about the truths of growth, it involves having tough conversations with others and yourself, asking asking and answering the question of, you know, be honest with yourself. Why are you doing what you are doing? Really? When you have several different communities that you tr- that you personally truly show up with, you know, show up to with honestly asking and answering that question, why are you doing what you're doing, really? You have that opportunity to truly be known and to truly know other people in an authentic way. What I love best about this being sent to me by an Enneagram 7 is that she really knows me and she knew that I needed to hear a different perspective from a healthy Enneagram 1 person that was in an interview being led by another Enneagram 8 host. There's no denying that there is a rise in mental health declining. One of my clients, who's an Enneagram 3, is a powerhouse leader on several fronts in the medical industry. She pours into me in another super cool way. And this week, she was reminding me to keep mental health on the forefront of their marketing campaigns over the next few weeks. She was the one that alerted me early on during quarantine that the lack of community was going to drive people to giving up on previous dreams, their physical health, and making poor financial decisions that potentially all lead to depression. Without healthy community, you are left with yourself, convincing yourself that your okayish decisions are good enough. We are great salesmen to ourselves when we try to justify poor decisions with backdoor logic after the fact. Andy Stanley shares more on this in his podcast, but when you have a built-in community, those people can catch you before your little trip turns into a significant fall. So I'm sitting here right right now live asking myself, why am I doing this podcast, really? 
Why am I talking about community? Really? My answer is that I truly believe when people drop the air of perfection, are open to their perspective not being the only perspective, stop pulling the victim card, and are willing to learn from others, magic can happen. If we could see each other as the solution and not the problem, authentic community would literally naturally occur. I believe in it so much that I'm willing to take time each week to talk about it out loud in this public forum in the hopes of encouraging just a few to be brave enough to stand out away from the crowd. Y'all, it takes bravery to expose your flaws and ask for help. It also takes bravery to expose your strengths and offer them to others. In both scenarios, let me warn you, it does not always go well. But if you never try, you will continue to get what you always get. Do you want more from your community? Or are you happy with the way it looks right now? I get it. Not everyone wants what I'm talking about. The best analogy for this, though, that I can think of is like a kid who refuses to eat peaches. He tells his mom, I don't like peaches. However, the kid has never even ate a peach before in his life. So how would he even know if he likes peaches or not? So the mom makes him take one bite. And what do you know? The kid ends up eating so many that he gives himself diarrhea. Or maybe he takes a bite of the peach and he truly does not like it. At least at that point, it's an educated analysis and not just one based off of fear of not liking them. I personally want more. I want more for me and I want more for you. I never want to be the person that just agrees with you because it's what you want to hear or it's comfortable or it keeps the peace. But that also requires a dose of maturity for the entire group involved. In community where you have spent real time getting to know the highs and lows of each other's personality and behavior styles is where life can really happen. So when things like pandemics hit your business or illness hits your family, you have a real support system that will step in and who will step in and remind you of who you really are and what you want to accomplish with this one life. I'll call these kind of people truth tellers. And this is also where multiple communities can come into play. Life with humans can get messy. At some point, someone is going to hurt your feelings or tell you something that you don't agree with. Or maybe you're going to have to be the person doing the disagreeing. If you have the benefit of more than one community, you have the gift of objective perspective and analysis. You get to go to another group and say, hey, this thing in my life was brought up in another group that I'm a part of. What truth do you see in it? Can you help me break it down and grow from it? Let me pause and emphasize that I'm not suggesting gossip. I'm only encouraging you to have healthy conversations with other healthy-minded people who want to see you grow in all areas of your life where you're open to owning your contribution, both good and bad. Do not hear me say to air your dirty laundry in the hopes of finding someone to agree with you. Y'all, that can become catastrophic fast and can actually destroy the type of community I'm referring to. If done in a healthy manner, your community will step in and not let you just simply exist from day to day. They will breathe life into your bones of your shattered self-esteem. They celebrate even the smallest wins. They will redirect you when you're stuck in a terrible mindset. They'll remind you of that goal that you made last month. They'll not let you settle for less than your best. And when you have more than one community that knows you at this capacity, you start seeing the truth more clearly because it's confirmed over and over again by different people with different angles on your life. One bad day is just one bad day. 
when something goes sideways with one community, you have another one to be authentic, to grow with, to grow with in that experience. Growth is always the end goal, to be known and to grow in community with others. I truly feel as if there's something powerful in that knowledge. And y'all, that's a lot coming from me as an Enneagram 8 who lives in terror of being known. It has backfired on me more than I want to admit. But as I mentioned above, I purposefully surround myself with people that are different than me. I'm challenged by the wisdom offered from leaders and other Enneagram numbers. We all see life differently. In fact, one author friend of mine used the analogy of the wheel the other day as we're about to embark on a writing adventure together. He said that each spoke of a wheel has a specific purpose that cannot be done without the other spokes doing their specific purpose. When each spoke is doing its job correctly, the wheel is able to turn properly and get to its destination. So are you willing to answer the question, why am I doing what I am doing, really, in order to build authentic community? Are you willing to ask that question to someone else and truly listen to their answer? Try it out. But I do not warn you, but encourage you, give it some time. Rome was not built in a day. Transparency takes consistent effort, and even the best of us screw up the idea of trust sometimes. But if you can find four or five people to do that with, and then over time, replicate that momentum, you cannot even imagine how different and enriched your existence will be by December of this year. Hang in there. I promise with my whole heart it is worth it. And for those of you who know exactly what I'm talking about today, please go to our social media pages at Honey Hush Hive and be a part of the conversation that encourages those that might be a little more hesitant. I keep thinking, taste, and see. You don't know if you like peaches until you taste one. Help me spread the word that authentic community is worth the risk. Until next time, y'all, keep the honey flowing.